Howdy and welcome to Wise About Texas, the award-winning Texas history podcast. My name is Ken Wise. I'm your host and I really appreciate you tuning in for a little Texas history. This episode is being released in early June of 2019 and it is already about to hit 100 degrees. So it looks like Texas is in for yet another hot summer. I hope all the kids uh, had a great year in school. They're getting out and uh, Everyone's going to be hitting the road for your summer vacation, so I'm going to do something a little different this summer. I'm going to try to do a series of shorter, quicker episodes a little more frequently, so you can have a little Texas history to take with you on your road trips or wherever you're going. Things have been very busy here at Wise About Texas World Headquarters. The Bonnie and Clyde series has proven to be extremely popular. Um, I'm glad everybody liked it. I'm doing a ton of public speaking. Uh, which I enjoy very much. I got to I had a very interesting experience. Got to spend some time with a Texas history class from Houston Baptist University, traveling around to some of the historic sites of the Texas Revolution, which was a fantastic experience. They were great students, and uh, it makes a big difference when you're talking about uh, Fannin, for example, while standing on a battlement at Presidio La Bahia. And that's why the getting there portion of these podcasts is one of my favorite things because I always love to walk the ground where Texas history happened. I hope that uh, in your all your travels this summer, you'll take a little time to pull over and visit some of the great historical sites in Texas. I want to mention one more thing. Um, everybody who listens to this podcast has probably heard once or twice uh, that I my day job is a justice on the 14th Court of Appeals based in Houston, but we serve 10 counties. And I just wanted to let everybody know that in 2020, I'll be on the ballot and we're going to keep that separate. Uh, that, that activity is starting to kick off, but we're going to keep it separate from Wise About Texas. So if you ended up hearing this podcast or going to the website looking for the politics, that's going to be at Wise for Texas, Wise for Texas. And uh, we're going to keep Wise About Texas all about Texas history. Well, today we're going to move forward in Texas history and talk about a pioneer, but we're going to talk about a pioneer of a little different sort. In 1893, there was a girl born in rural Atlanta, Texas, to a black mother and an Indian father. She grew up poor. She grew up working hard in the cotton fields of north central Texas, and that didn't really make little Bessie Coleman much different from thousands of other rural Texans in the early 20th century. But there was one thing that was very different. Bessie Coleman wanted to fly. Bessie Coleman was one of 13 children. She moved from Atlanta, her birthplace, to Waxahachie, Texas, and when she was just a toddler. A few years later, her father abandoned the family, moved to Oklahoma in 1900. Her mother stayed in Waxahachie doing the best she could, and one of the things that her mother did was took in laundry for the community, which was a common thing, and the kids would be expected to help with laundry and earn money and contribute it to the family for the family's needs. But her mother noticed that Bessie was a little bit different. She was a very avid reader, and she appeared to be pretty good in math. So Bessie's mom did something different. She let Bessie keep her money, and the reason she did 
is she knew that Bessie would be able to further her education, probably past any of the rest of the family, if she was able to keep a little bit of that money. So that's what she did. And Bessie did get an education. She went past eighth grade, uh, which in which in rural Texas in a poor family, that was a, quite an achievement in the early 1900s. She even attended one year of college, but the money ran out and she couldn't stay. So what she did is she moved to Chicago, Illinois, to live with one of her brothers, who was a World War I veteran. And she went to beauty school. Again, in the early 1900s, for a young black female, that was a pretty good option. So she went to work as a beautician and gained a pretty good reputation. But living in Chicago, she saw lots of tension and racial problems around her. In fact, Chicago had a huge race riot in 1919. Now, that had to have made an impression on Bessie Coleman, as you would expect. But Bessie handled it a little differently than maybe some others did. She was motivated. She wanted to fly an airplane. Now, that was not an option for a woman. It was not an option for an African-American. And it was darn sure not an option for a young African-American woman. Her brother would tease her about it. Her brother, of course, having fought in World War I, would have seen the aircraft. And one of the ways he teased her is he said, well, you're never going to be able to fly an airplane, not like those French women. And Bessie Coleman said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. What are you talking about? And she discovered that in France, women were, in fact, allowed to fly airplanes. So here's, she did something that will tell you all you need to know about Bessie Coleman. She started studying French. She learned enough French to apply and attend flight school in France and got her pilot's license in 1921. That's significant not only because she achieved what she set out to do, but that's two years before Amelia Earhart got her pilot's license. So she came back to the U.S. and she wanted to learn all the maneuvers, the fancy and dangerous maneuvers that would make her a great barnstorming pilot. It was a very popular uh, post-World War One, for pilots to come down and perform all these stunts in airplanes. And if you can imagine this, we take for granted the fact that we see airplanes all the time. Back then, there were massive sections of this country where people would live and die and never see an airplane, even though they were, they're all around us now. And so barnstorming pilots would tour around and put on these air shows. Well, nobody would agree to train this uh, young Bessie Coleman, so she went back to Europe and... Uh, she began a stunt flying career. She got trained. She got trained in France and a little bit in Germany, and she began a career as a stunt pilot. Here's a quote from Bessie Coleman. Quote, I made up my mind to try. I tried, and I was successful. Close quote. I love that quote. She was a very, very determined young lady, but she hadn't forgotten the bad experiences she had had in Chicago, and she said this also, quote, I shall never be satisfied until we have men of the race, meaning African-Americans, who can fly. Do you know you have never lived until you've flown? Close quote. She wanted to share her love of aviation as well as using her talent and ability to open doors that were previously closed to others. She acquired a great nickname, Queen Bess, and she didn't just limit her activities to flying, What she would also do is go on these lecture tours, which were also popular in the early 1900s, where people would pay to come and hear famous um, people who had achieved unique things 
come and speak, and she would come as uh, a pilot and give lectures in churches or theaters or schools and talk about aviation. And she would do so because she had herself filmed uh, doing all her stunts and flying. So she was pretty good at promoting uh, exactly what she was trying to do and letting everyone know that they could do it too. She was quiet but firm about this. There was one incident in Waxahachie, her old hometown, where she had been booked to fly a show, but discovered that blacks were not going to be allowed to enter the airfield uh, through the main entrance. And she said, okay, fine, then I'm not going to fly. And of course, the promoters had to give in. Uh, Blacks were allowed to come in. Uh, They agreed that the promoters could make them sit somewhere else, sit in a separate section, but they they got the same quality seating as everyone else. Bessie Coleman was sharp. She knew that she could leverage her position to make things just a little bit better this time and that that would build momentum, and in fact it did. She would often dedicate her shows to the black military regiments uh, because the military was segregated during this time and had been prior to this time, so she would dedicate these shows to members of those black regiments. And, of course, this had an impact because her shows appealed to all people regardless of race. So she knew that her white audiences would be hearing black history. Another interesting story, she befriended Josephine Baker, one of the most famous jazz singers of the time. And Baker went on to get her pilot's license, which is uh, something not a lot of people know. She She got it from France, just like Bessie Coleman. Bessie also did shows all throughout the South and was actually based in Houston. This is around the 1925 time frame. During this time, Ma Ferguson was the governor of Texas and welcomed Bessie Coleman to the governor's mansion. By this time, Queen Bess, or some would call her Brave Bess, was a very famous Texan. In the spring of 1926, Bessie Coleman was scheduled to perform at an air show in Jacksonville, Florida. Her plane was in Texas, so she arranged for a mechanic named William Wills to fly the plane to Jacksonville. Coleman had gone early to do some of her uh, famous lectures. I might add it took Wills 21 hours to get that plane to Jacksonville. Uh, He had scheduled three stops in the plane, but uh, the plane had had some engine problems, so he had to land a couple extra times. But he got there, and Wills and Coleman were going to scout locations and practice for the show. Now, one of the, lo- the reason they were going to scout locations is Bessie was going to jump out of the airplane with a parachute as part of her performance. So up they went. Bessie Coleman gave Wills the control, and then she did something unusual. She unbuckled her, her harness so she could easily lean over and find good places to land when she did her parachute jump for the air show. What they didn't know at the time, and we'll never know for sure, but we think this is what happened, is there was a wrench jammed in the flight controls in Wills' cockpit. The plane went into a dive, suddenly flipped over, and Bessie Coleman fell out. Wills remained strapped in as the plane hit the ground killing him instantly to make matters worse as they were trying to extricate Wills's body. Somebody carelessly lit a cigarette, threw it on the ground, ignited gasoline, and 
the plane with wells in it went up in flames. So on April 30th, 1926, we lost a true pioneer, a barrier breaker, a great pilot in Bessie Coleman. They put a U.S. flag over her casket, even though she wasn't in the military. Veterans of the 8th Infantry, an African-American unit from the U.S. Army, escorted her casket to Chicago, where she was laid to rest in Lincoln Cemetery. Bessie Coleman was a unique individual. Her mother, who gets a lot of credit for seeing her potential and helping her reach it, knew she had a special child. Bessie Coleman is probably one of the most determined individuals you'll ever read about. She had some serious barriers in her way, but she loved flying and she loved to break those barriers, and she did it. There's a postage stamp featuring Bessie Coleman. She's in the National Aviation Hall of Fame. She's in the Texas Aviation Hall of Fame. If you ever fly into Chicago, O'Hare Airport, it's located on Bessie Coleman Drive. All well-deserved honors, to be sure. But since 1931, on the anniversary of her death every single year, a number of black aviators pay tribute to Bessie Coleman They fly over Lincoln Cemetery in Chicago and drop flowers on our grave. A fitting tribute to a great American, a true pioneer, and a great Texan, Bessie Coleman. Well, now we come to the part of the episode I call Getting There, where I tell you how to go see a couple of places we mentioned in the episode. The Lincoln Cemetery in Chicago is located at 12300 South Kedzie, K-E-D-Z-I-E Avenue, and the town is Blue Island, Illinois, which is in Cook County, same as Chicago. But uh, So if you're up in that area around Chicago, you can go to the cemetery and uh, visit Bessie Coleman's grave. The National Aviation Hall of Fame, where Bessie Coleman is enshrined, is located in Dayton, Ohio, and if you're interested in visiting that, you can go to their website at www.nationalaviation.org. But uh, if you're in Texas, we've got our own tribute to Bessie Coleman. She is enshrined in the Texas Aviation Hall of Fame. The Texas Aviation Hall of Fame is located at the Lone Star Flight Museum which is at Ellington Airport, used to be Ellington Air Force Base, south of Houston. You can go to their website at www.lonestarflight.org and uh, you will see in the Texas Aviation Hall of Fame, which is a section of the museum, tributes to all kinds of great aviators from Texas, including the one and only Bessie Coleman. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Wise About Texas. Uh, Send me some feedback. Host at Wise About Texas. This has been a quick episode. That's on purpose. And uh, if you've got any questions about Bessie Coleman or anything, I'll be happy to respond with what I've got in my research files and notes. I hope everyone has a very safe and fun summer traveling around, uh, hopefully doing some traveling around Texas. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page. Wise About Texas, and we're on Twitter and Instagram at Wise About Texas. I hope you'll go out and do something for Texas today. And until next time, God bless Texas, and we'll see you down the road. <laughs>